0: The views, opinions, and accounts expressed on Card Wars are those of the hosts, and do not necessarily reflect the Extra Points Podcast Network. And
1: LaDuca has done it again. There it is, his sixth hit on a high-breaking ball. Got a shot at the plate. Here's the relay balance. it in time. And he's out. Second
0: runner. he got a ball. Welcome to Card Wars. Here are your hosts, Paul LaDuca and Caleb Keller. Oh, we are back. He is Paul, and I am Caleb, and we are spending Cousin Sal's money on some precious sports cards. And Paul, our topic today, which they're on the comeback, We're talking card shows
1: again. Mm-hmm. They are. They're on the comeback. Uh, we went to Knights of Columbus. Um, I don't want to say that was our second Instagram live, and then found out there was a card show in Lexington uh, the Saturday after closing day at Keeneland, and I was actually blown away. There was a lot of people there, but the inventory that was there and the tables there was very quality stuff. We're going to hold that thought, though, on
0: the Lexington card show, because there is one big major card show, which we have pointed this whole season one of Card Wars two And it came out uh, just recently that the Nationals in Chicago is currently somewhat on hold. Mm-hmm. And the reason for that is being held in Chicago, the Illinois health state department level five of their COVID recovery would be for large gatherings. And right now they're on level four. So what they've said is that everybody's got these pending hotels and rental cars Mm -hmm. and dates and and the dealers are going to be there. And of course the fans and buyers. So they're going to make a decision on June 1st, which would give you about two full months for what would be a July 28th starting date. Now we've tailored a lot of our purchases around the hall of fame around The trade deadline a lot around a lot of things that were happening that week so i'm still pretty optimistic you know we saw the ufc fight over the weekend and it was a packed house this is the most crowded event i've seen since this pandemic hit
1: well i i think it's going to happen for sure um and that's just knock on wood um i i know that that illinois is on their stage four stage five but you made a good point that a lot of people already have their hotels booked it's hard to get a hotel right now during that weekend. Um, guys have their inventory set up for that time, um, for the draft, for everything that's happening at that time. And if you back it up to October, that window's going to miss. So I think there's going to be a lot of collectors that are going to be very, very upset. And I think a lot of the, the heavy hitters are already complaining about it a tiny bit. And um, if they're, they don't, from what I've heard, also, too, it, they'd rather not push it back. They'd rather do it virtually again so they can still hit that timeline because it's a better timeline than what they're saying. They might push it back to October. Well, then that would only be baseball, and baseball would basically be almost over mm-hmm. at that time. You know what I mean? I mean, everything, we've mentioned it many times on the show, how all sports worlds are colliding on the
0: set date, July 28th through August 1st, the Olympics, the trade deadline, mm-hmm. the draft, the week after the final, and so on. So. I'm very hopeful that it will, and I'm feeling pretty good about it. You know, mm-hmm. they do have to adhere to the guidelines within the state, but yeah. still gives us a good, you know, month plus for them to make the decision, and and I think that, We already waited a full year. They already canceled last year, and I hope it's going to be a go because our stack of cards that we've got on Cousin Sal's dime is set to bring a nice penny coming up here on the original set dates.
1: Yeah, we got some decent finds um, along the way, and yeah, I think we're starting to turn the corner Um, again, but a lot of the stuff is tailored towards that date. But I think, like Caleb says, I think it's going to be completely fine. I think, um, listen, Illinois has got to go through their protocols um and i and i think the large gatherings is stage five so as soon as we get to that um hopefully it will happen but like i said there's so many guys that have already spent thousands and thousands of dollars on their their tables their rooms their rental cars everything because it was going to be giant this year and i still think it will be but you know i think you still can move forward buying cards whether, whether the show is you know delayed a tiny bit all right, so shout-out to Trey
0: there from Jimmy's Roadshow as he let us know that there was a show in town in Lexington the mm-hmm. day after our horse races ended on that Friday. It was at the Clarion Hotel, and this one was a little bit more live than you <laughs> mentioned our one in southern Indiana. But, I mean, just to walk into that crowded room, and the great thing was you the first table you stopped at, you were ready to spend $300 on this complete set of, I believe, 88 tops. So, I mean, I, I, I like to go through the show. You know, if it's a good enough buy for a good enough number, then I'll just go ahead and get it. But if it's a bigger buy, once you get to 100, 150, 200 land, then I'll like to get through the show and make a round back to see if that's still a good price for the card I want. But you on the first table were ready to make a big buy. Well, it was an
1: 88 89 Flair basketball set. And so I was looking at the Magic, the Jordan, and of course the Stockton, the Rodman, um, and the Pippin. So the Stockton was just. It was crispy, but it was just cut so bad. Basically, they were all 7s and 8s. And I was, like, thinking, okay, if I can get a 10 or look at a 9 or a 10 out of the Jordan. I was looking at the bark. I was looking at all the major cards. They just, none of them were 10s. Like, But when I first saw it, the best card was the Jordan. I would say the, the Jordan would have got a 9. It was really nice. But the Jordan 9 out of that said, you'd probably get... Three hundred somewhere in that area, three fifty if that, uh, and you'd have to go get it graded, which would take you, God knows how long. And the Stockton was so poorly cut, and the rodman was so poorly cut that they just weren't worth it. But I, when I saw the Jordan, I said, uh, I think I might buy this set. He had the whole eighty-eighty-nine 80, set. The, it was, he he sort of knew it. It was just, it was it was probably like, I would probably put it at an eighty-eight, eighty-nine 80, set that he had it at. It was like all sixes and sevens except the Jordan. It's like he almost like to snuck the Jordan in there to like sort of here it is and like you could draw the bait because the Stockton card. Listen, it's it's obviously his rookie, but it was cut so poorly. I mean, the whole almost the whole top is off. Well, if you got a complete set, you're not going to throw the Jordan on the seventeenth page. I understand, true, yeah, but the main card in there is it's still it's still the Stockton rookie card, and it was just cut so bad. I mean, it could have been like a five or something. One thing that brings up good memories for me in collecting cards but
0: now somewhat makes me cringe if there's anything of value in there is the binder. Because when you think about putting a card into like the nine-slot binder as a kid, you had to jam that thing down there sometimes to get – they would be stuck together and you can – definitely ding some corners on the way down when you're putting pressure on the top of the card to get it in there well
1: that was the whole problem with a lot of cards especially now i mean you go through collections now or you go through your old collection and it's or it's been and it's been in a storage or an attic whatever those plastic sheets stick together and then the cards are like in- embedded in there you're right and you got to peel them and peel them and that's where you got to be careful i mean taking the cards out because now the way it is its is is. It's not the way it used to be. I mean, you used to look at a card, you would look at the corners. Um, you never really looked at the centering on the front and the back. That's look, all I used to care about was the corners. That's I mean, all you cared about was the corners. I mean, you would look at some of the centering in case it was like just completely ridiculous. But other than that, um, now they... they you, you, I didn't realize, because the cards are so thick, right? If you think about it, the cards were never this thick, like insert cards, stuff like that, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? So that both corners can be dinged where from cocking front and back where when they were skinnier cards, if it was dinged, you could see it. You know what I mean? It was just dinged. Mm-hmm. But now when PSA back at all the grading companies, they go front and back corners. So now you're grading eight corners where I feel like maybe the older cards, you're just grading four corners. Am I wrong there?
0: I never thought about the eight corners until Jimmy pulled out some of his thick cards to realize right? that yeah, there actually are eight corners. Here's a little, Tip that I have stuck with, and it doesn't necessarily apply to like let's say a super thin tops like a twenty five point card. But when you go into the soft sleeves, if you just take a pair of scissors and just literally just the tiniest little clip off the top corner of the sleeve, what happens is, okay, when you put the main part of the card in there, it's fine. But when you put the second corner, the bottom one, sometimes it can get jammed up on if it's a thicker card, and it can crease the the, the corner. It can chip. Who off the showed corner. you that trick. <sighs> I don't even know, but I literally don't put a car or just, and I'm telling you once, once you take off the top left corner, just like two millimeters off so of you're
1: it, seeing it the- slides in perfectly. So you're seeing the little insert or you're talking about the regular drop in one. You cut off the corner of the, the penny sleeve, oh, cut, the cut penny off the top so- left
0: corner, barely of a penny sleeve so that when the second corner goes down into it, it doesn't get stuck. If you get a thicker card, sometimes it gets stuck, and you press it down Did there. Did you cut all these? Those came in the those came in the uh, sleeves anyways at the show. But if I'm doing it myself, that's what I always make sure just because. Look, I know I know you're putting too much emphasis on one corner, but if that one corner gets dinged, we know that a ten is four more times in price than nine. So
1: yeah, you got a lot riding on that corner when you put it into the sleeve. Yeah, it's true. It's 100% true. And like when you go back to the vintage cards, it seems like now we're going back. When we go back to that era, they don't really care about the grades. Guys are just buying cards because um, they knew they were going to get dinged. But these newer cards, they have to have no specs on the surface. They're they're looking at Surface 2 now. I mean, it, you could have a little ding on, uh, uh, on the front of the card or the back of the card. So I think the newer cards are they're a lot stricter than the older cards um, but then then I'll look at some older cards and I'm like man that thing looks good why did that only get a 7 you know it's a 100 year old card but still a 7 is almost like a 9 or a 10 for some of those older cards all right so we're going to get to our favorite pickups which did
0: come from the Lexington card show but I got one of the mail which I'm pretty excited about and I feel like I got it at the right time as you know Fernando Tatis what did he start out the season 190 he
1: was hitting with uh, an injury but 173 at the time yeah
0: here comes a it's a tops chrome update it's not the actual rookie but it's an insert you see the tops chrome you see the rc logo and it says the family business which i kind of liked a little bit better knowing everybody can remember his dad playing but how about a psa 10 fernando tatis close for 82 dollars after shipping and handling 9174, and this thing's got a, a silver refracting look to it so pretty happy to grab a rookie card psa 10 tatis for less than a bill
1: yeah, it's a beautiful card. I mean, it really is. Um, yeah, and his stock went up very, very quickly in a week as the Padres again won last night um, in extra innings or won Sunday night. Um, yeah, sharp pickup. Considering, like I said, you got it like right before my other my pickup that I liked besides the other ones that we're going to show. I, you know, I went with I went on the. Um, eBay and and I had picked this card. up. It was a Jeter. It was, it's a BCCG Beckett had graded a ten or a minor, and I think it is a ten. You know, some of these cards. Like, you tell me how would this consider into a P- PSA like a nine? They consider these tens as nines, or what do they, what do they consider them as?
0: I mean, I'm looking at the card right now, and I don't think it's a bad idea to get a ten from a lower grading company because you paid
1: about half. Of what the PSA nine is, the nines are going for one fifty. You paid about seventy five. I paid seventy five. That's good math. Yeah, so that was my thought process, man. And I came back, came back. Both of them came back. They came back crispy too. So, still trying to load up on Jeters. Um, Can't find the foil one. And the upper deck one is so hard to find. It's really hard to find. If you find it as a nine or a ten, they're very very expensive because they're hard to get. Also, what arrived this week in the mail?
0: Shout out to the Postal Service. I've never, you know, now that I've got back into collecting cards, I've never been more excited to see the mailman come through. Like, during the quarantine, (laughs) I knew where the mailman parked. I knew his route up and back down my street. And, I, you know, just what time, where he was going to park, and what part of the street that I was going to be when he dropped it off. But, like, I've never thought that I would be this excited for the mailman to come for this New Age renaissance of cards. But the Duke Snyder slash Paul LaDuca passing the torch – double autograph came and it is so sharp i gotta say that's one of your better signatures but what would be any tips that you would tell anybody for how i know you practiced this on your notebook in high school thinking you were going to be a big star but when you talk about your signature what were some keys for you
1: well the keys for me for my signature was my mother um she was a um school teacher that substitute school teacher and like cursive writing which they don't teach anymore was big in my household. And Cursive's the, like
0: Latin. Yeah,
1: I know. It's, and dead. It, it's dead. Right. Um, and I remember when I was a kid and you look at all the old school guys, signature, I, I'll never forget. I wanted people to read my name. So like, you can actually read my name. You know, mm-hmm. you, that's, that was the gist behind my autograph all the time. I'm surprised they didn't put my number. I usually put my number on all those. Um, but I didn't on there. I always sign with my number. So that's, that's different, but it is my autograph. I can tell you that some, some guys, you know, would get other guys to sign stuff like that, but I, w- I would have never, I didn't even know that that card existed till it came out. You know, you sign stuff for tops or you sign stuff for companies. You don't know what they're going to put together. Like, again, I, I want to say it was three Instagram lives ago. Somebody had a Felix Potvan in me. We've talked about this a couple times. I, I didn't even know it existed and I got an Avengkin card in me that I do have that I actually bought. So um, yeah, some cool stuff, but obviously Duke Snyder, the, the one that everybody wants in there. And his look at his signature. It's pretty awesome, too. Now, you also got a call from the TOPS rep, and you know what series you're going to be in this year, I believe. TOPS Archives? Yeah, I'm in TOPS Archives 2021, the TARPS are, uh, I think they'll roll that out. Would they say in June? Something to that? Yeah, we still got some
0: time. Yeah, I'd say even later than June because you haven't even signed them yet.
1: No, I'm getting them. I'm getting them in two weeks," he said. Cameron mm. told me. Um, so yeah, I'm getting them in two weeks. Um, twenty five hundred cards.
0: So what Tops Archives is, they go and they buy back actual released cards. So you're going to be signing cards that have been released, you know, years ago. And then once you sign them, they stamp a beautiful gold t- yes. Tops Archives on them, and then they number them. So let's say let's say maybe they'll buy twenty five of your Bowman '94 rookies. You're going to sign all twenty five. They're going to update it by stamping the the uh, gold tops archives on it. Then they'll number it to 25. And then all of a sudden it'll be a 2021 release all over again from a 1994 car, pretty cool concept. And I know some of the specific players out there uh, and, and uh, men and women in the hobby really like tops archives because they're short printed it's a blast from the past, but it's updated new. They're on card autos. They're got yeah. stickers. So it's a popular set. I'm glad to see you're in it.
1: Yeah, I'm pretty pumped to be in it. I'm you know, honored to be in it. And I mean, uh, I don't know if anybody's going to be chasing my card. But um, <clears throat> yeah, it, it's really cool to see because I was looking at it the other day. And it's it's good to see. You know, like I saw, I saw Rocco Baldelli. He's been signing some cards. Like, and a lot of people don't realize how good of a player he was. And a lot of the old guys that, that are playing that were, were sort of forgotten. In my years, that were good players, um, are doing it. I've called a couple. Dontrell's doing it. Dontrell Willis, I st- still stay in touch with Dontrell. Um, I want to say Dimitri Young's going to be signing some of those cards, too. Blast from the past. Meat Hook, who's got a great card collection. So um, it's going to be fun um, to, to be in a card set and now back doing this. You know what I mean? And I'm going to be buying those packs. <laughs> That's going to be pretty cool. What do those boxes go for, usually? Uh, somewhere around a hundred, maybe give or take somewhere in that area. Mm-hmm. Okay. All
0: right, let's get to our totals in, in this run up for card Wars season one. And my total right now is $2,309. I still haven't, I, I've, I had a few whales. I'm kind of waiting to make my, my move on a $500 card, maybe even a thousand. Cause I got some room to catch up with you, but uh 2,309 and quality wise. I think that, you know, I've got, I've got some cards that, on the right day, can tip up to to three or four hundred. I think maybe your top end is maybe a
1: little bit stronger. My depth is going a little bit better. But
0: what's your total looking at?
1: My total is like fifty four hundred and eighty something dollars. I think it was like down to the pennies, like twenty something. Um, I only I spent three hundred at the show. That's all I spent this week because last week I had. Last week you're on tilt. Well, no, last week I had. You were t- on eBay all day. You were looking for this. Okay, well, last week I got the two Jeters, three Jeters. Um, and then I got a lot of Jalen Brown, Don Ross rookies, and then I got one of his prisms. Um, so I invested in him a little bit and then I only spent 300 at the card show. So I'm at 54, like 5401.28, somewhere in that area. But I got the LeBron USA
0: card in the mail. Um, LeBron USA is a Beckett nine and a half. That's one of your better buys because that was under 200. It's LeBron with the USA logo, with the Beckett logo, with the gold 9.5 Jim Mint. Like I told you, that's a card that could never, ever go down.
1: Yeah, so those were, like, yeah, I spent a good amount of money. And then the Jalen Brown lot, and then um, the Jalen Brown lot, I bought 16 Don Russ of his rookies. Um, Are you worried that Jalen Brown's not the best player on the team? No, but I'm worried
0: that he's the clutchest guy on the team. I can see it. I mean, look. He The the where he was drafted within the NBA draft, very high. Stats and numbers, very high. The team that he placed for and the success that they've already had going to the Eastern Conference, top tier. And he does have a pretty good following. But at the same time, if people had their pick, they'd rather take the Tatum.
1: I understand, but Tatum is a little bit overpriced mm-hmm. over him right now. Okay, so you look at it this way, nobody else on that team, I mean. Not Kemba. Not Kemba. I mean, Kemba had a, a bad, actually, bubble. Um, but he can get hot. But Marcus Smart, you know the way he is, he's a great defender. But Jalen, to me, I thought, has turned the corner. And I think he'll be able to put up 25 or 30 in a couple of playoff games, and that might elevate some of his cards. And they, they need to win a series. They're not playing – they're playing a little bit better now. But my worry with them is they're small. They're very, very small. And they have been. I mean, they're <laughs> yeah. like the Rockets from a couple of years ago. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Some teams just – Felt, look, we can play with five wing players or, or four wing players yeah. and one, you know, flex guy to try to get the rebound. But, you know, that that didn't work for Gonzaga. Right. I know we're looking to college basketball, but having fun, four guards, one drew Timmy. To, no, you get to the beefier teams like a Baylor or, you know, like a, a Los Angeles Lakers. You got to have guys that can rebound the basketball. Yeah, so I feel like nothing to take away from Gonzaga's run, but I mean, it's a fun brand of basketball until you actually get to a team that has a front court.
1: Well, defense wins championships and Baylor showed that. I mean, they were just too long and and just too dominating. And then they could prove that they could score. It's somewhat the same concept of the nets. What's going to happen. I mean, Kevin Durant rolls out of bed after having not playing forever and then just scores 33, but what's going to happen playoff time. Are they going to be able to stop anybody and if, to, you know, those, one of those, I guess all three don't have a good night, what's going to happen? Because those games, playoff games, are going to be 140, 132 um, when everybody's healthy and on the court. And so I guess it's going to be a battle, and it's going to be Mike Mike D'Antoni, D'Antoni and, and Steve Nash saying, let's outscore the opponent. I don't know how long that's going to last, because if they run into the healthy Lakers, how the heck are they going to stop LeBron or, or, or Anthony Davis from getting to the rim? Now I get it. Kevin Durant, whatever. But Kevin Durant cannot stop LeBron James. LeBron James can at least slow down Kevin Durant. There's not a person. James Harden's your best defender, by the way. That's like Bill Murray in Space Jam. No, no, no. I don't play defense. One thing I like about this setup, and it, it tails off
0: last year from the bubble, is that you have the play-in game. I believe it's going to be the 8-9 and nine Versus the and then the seven and ten playing each other to see who gets into the actual yeah. playoffs. So you know, like my Indiana Pacers are right there on the cusp. They need in like the the Wizards with Russell Westbrook. Yeah. They're hot. They're gonna have a chance to get in the Hornets. Like even the Celtics that we're talking about, they were on that cusp. But for just those few days, one of the hottest cards that blew up in the bubble was in the playing game when the Trailblazers beat the grizzlies. grizzlies yeah. And then all of a sudden Lillard off just one play in game just to get to to face LeBron. I mean, the cards boom. So, you're 9 and 10 and even 7 and 8 seeds, they're going to have a very small window which I love as a seller where you're going to be able to sell them at an absolute premium. So, the more the merrier, you know, they extended the baseball playoffs. That helped my Reds. I guess they won the division they would have gotten anyways or they win the wild card. Nevertheless, the more playoff teams the better
1: for me. Well, the better for the industry. Mm-hmm. That's just the bottom line. So you look at this year, and it's, you know, the perfect example obviously the Knicks have gotten hot, but they were right on the bubble. The Knicks win a playoff series. New York's going to go nuts, first of all. And Julius Randle's going to get a bump. He's been going off and he hasn't gotten his due rj barrett's already he could see his cards are getting a bump and quickly i I mean they're all going to get a bump but if they somehow can win a series hawks another team trey young his cards could get dangerous if they could win a series bogdanovich's his cards have been going through the roof so i think a lot of people are prospecting um you know that they might win a series but you and I are all, we're sitting back here like, wait, let's slow everybody's roll here because no one's playing. I mean, LeBron's not playing. I, I, obviously, Anthony Davis comes back. But my my, my, my just my point of view is, is, say it's the Lakers and the Nets in the finals. You want to tell me how they're going to get a rebound with Andre Drummond, LeBron James, and Anthony Davis on the floor. How are the Nets ever going to get a rebound? That, and, and that's what worries me, and how are they going to stop those other guys? So... When the Lakers get back to full strength and, and the Nets actually, all three guys actually play together, um, are the Suns for real? Can they go deep in the playoffs? Because I know you got a clear vision, Booker. That could blow up and other, all of his cards can blow up. What are you going to do with big guys like Aiton and, and Jokic, which cards aren't really, they're staying flat. But is Denver going to go anywhere without Jamal Worry? Do you, do you back off that? You know, There's a lot of decisions to be made. Not to make another college basketball
0: parallel, but I feel like especially late here in the regular season, the regular season of NBA is turning into the NIT for college. And what I mean by that is when you get to the NIT, the question is who wants to be playing right now Mm -hmm. and motivation? Like the Wizards having this long winning streak or the Hornets playing well or the Knicks playing well or the Hawks. These are all middle of the line teams while the big teams... That know they're making it to the playoffs. This guy's out. This guy's got a hamstring. This guy's got a lingering injury. This, that, and yada. And look, you can play through these injuries. Because my guy, Victor Oladipo, who you know I'm a big fan of, mm-hmm. but he had a you know, it was a couple years ago, he blew out his quad. Well, then last year he's playing, but then they're gonna go to the bubble. And now he's gonna sit out because of the injury. <sighs> and the Pacers were were fine with that. And then all of a sudden they say, No, no, no. If if you're if you can play we're gonna hold the NBA. That is your three million dollars for. Oh, hold on just a second. I, I can play. Yeah, I could play right now. And that's that's what all these that's what all these top tier teams that have a, a, a guaranteed top four spot. They're the team in the NIT that doesn't want to be there. Whereas the Hawks are hungry, the Wizards are hungry, the the Hornets and Celtics and so on. So. <sighs> Uh, the motivation factor of all these players sitting out, that's why Steph Curry's going to win the MVP. Number one, he's been uh, the best You made
1: a statement like that. He's, he's been he's... the
0: best player, but he's also played the whole season, Steph Curry, when all these guys are sitting out.
1: What, well, I mean, do so you think he's one right now? You yes. think beats two because LeBron's been out for so long? No, some of them have. Some of them do have more serious injuries, and I totally
0: get that. But at the same time, you know a handful of players that can definitely go, and they're just resting for the playoffs. No,
1: I understand. So you think it's right now it's. Curry one and Embiid two as an MVP
0: yes. voting, and Embiid you know Embiid lost his team obviously with him going out for the injury. Now it's it's Steph all day, you know. Obviously Durant's been gone for two years. Thompson's not there, and even Wiseman's not there. Their top draft pick, he's doing this with Kelly Oubre putting up forty a night.
1: Don't get. Kelly Oubre is one of the few guys I mean I wish the Suns would have kept him but you like guys that
0: shoot 18% from three
1: no I understand that I understand he he, Kelly Oubre needs to realize that going to the rack is his best thing to do and I I mean I watched him play for the Suns because I'm a Suns fan and I was actually a little bit upset because I thought he was turning the corner but yeah he tries to launch and uh, looking like old Tayshaun Prince out there all left-handed Let's get to our top pickups
0: of the week. And we're talking about the Lexington Card Show. And one of the most beautiful showcases, right? When we walked in, Paul, it was a circular deal with four sides. You could spin it around. Ooh. And we did a deal on the hottest player in baseball. We're talking about Mr. Ronald Acuna. What did
1: you get for your top pickup? I got the... Triple tier? Yeah, the triple tier. It's it's numbered to 95, 66 out of 95 auto. I, I want to say, because you got it... Uh, same one It's a patch too Just like yours um, I like it um, So one was 175 One was 150 Caleb made the first offer Then I saw this card And so I just said Let, Let's throw them all both in You know for 300 So we paid 150 each For them both um, Triple threads autograph, single Jumbo relic From 2019 It's a beautiful card And like Caleb said He's right now He went 0 for 8 In a double header And he's still hitting 391 <laughs> Mine is going to be a horizontal sideways card. One of my
0: favorite sets. So much color in the Inception. Mine's number to one fifty-five. Got a nice thread through it. And get this, the boxes go for one seventy-five, one eighty. And this guy was
1: willing to do the deal for one fifty. Just goes to you show. That's that. That's your point. You made a great point there. So the box goes for one seventy. That would be a major pull as exactly. a box. Exactly. If we
0: pull that out of a box, we'd be going crazy. Look at the look at the prisms. The prism basketball right now is going for about two thousand. I just look. The Lamello, Silver closed at $560.
1: And that's the pull of the box. That's the
0: pull of the box. I mean, yeah, they got golds and this and some other crazy stuff. But of the ones that have a decent amount, you want the Lamello Silver. It's going for about 25% of the box. This Acuna landed for less than retail price. Your triple threads, buying it for $150, there was a closed eBay sale that went for $300. Yeah,
1: I know. I put it on. I might put it on and just go buy another one so I have it. And then I got this one for free. The guy said he had another one. I got his
0: card. Acuna right now, I think, is the surefire MVP. Granted, uh, in just one
1: weekend, just yeah, wanted weekend. to get back into the conversation. Yeah, listen, yeah. when you go, I think last night when they were doing the polls, or the night when they were doing the polls, they said, I mean, the two most exciting players in the league are Tatis and, and Acuna. And who is the three-run home run? Freddie Freeman. I mean, it's like unbelievable. <laughs> yeah, but, you know what I mean? But at the same time, some of your flashy guys in, the, let's say, the NFL,
0: like a guy like Odell, well— He's flashy. You love him on Instagram. Huge following. But sometimes it's like he's not getting into the game flow. Yeah. First four games of the season, he's got one touchdown. Acuna and Tatis for being this awesome, this uh, charismatic, in this many commercials, they're backing it up. Yeah. These are the two best players right now, the two most exciting players. So it's not just flash with these guys I mean they absolutely have the MVP substance to back up what they what everybody said about them
1: yeah and I think the other part about this is MLB is getting behind them you've seen Tatis in a lot of the commercials you're going to see Acuna in a lot of the stuff a lot of these young guys are going to start getting featured baseball needs to and I think uh, Manfred has made a point um, because I know a couple shows that are going to start doing a lot of stuff with a lot of younger players and to get these guys' faces back into Um, The public eye, I just feel like football and basketball has just ran right by baseball, let's be Mm -hmm. honest. And let's be really, really honest. No one even knows that the hockey's halfway through the season, and that's sad. I mean, so, you know what I mean? Now, when you were playing, what were some of the commercials that you saw your peers
0: in, or were there big commercials? What what type of advertisements up against, you know, coming off the Jordan
1: experience in the 90s? There was nothing for baseball. I mean, we really, there was no commercials for baseball. The commercials that we ran for baseball were promotional commercials for our own team. I remember we ran like six or seven commercials for the Dodger Vision or for whatever the Dodger Station was at the time. Um, but there really was none. You know, if you go back and you look in the 50s and those days, I mean the mantles, and those guys were idols um, to everybody else. But again, there was no basketball back then. Um, Football was in its infancy, you know, the AFL. And so baseball players were just idols because that was the one sport, you know. So, And it's completely changed, and it's turned international. And now when you get into international, and you're getting a lot of the Dominicans who can flat out play, the Japanese players, we're seeing Otani now, to, uh, starting to take off and show his real worth and I remember when I went over there in 2002 and played in, in an all-star series played against Ichiro and Matsui and I was like wow these guys are just as good as us the pitching was just as good as us I, I'll never forget it was it was pretty amazing that, to realize like they did everything most they were very fundamentally better um we beat them four games to three in a seven game series so And that's when I realized that a lot of more Japan players, Japanese players, were going to come over, and a lot more. You're getting kids from Netherlands. You're getting kids from everywhere now. So it's coming global and global. And you got guys like Acuna, and you got guys like Tatis. And the other little fact I'll I'll send over to you, he hit those two home runs 23 (laughs) years apart at Dodger Stadium from his dad. (laughs) And I caught the second one in the bullpen, by the way. It was the second Grand Slam at Channel Park. I didn't catch Channel Park. Um, He was the one guy I could never catch. But I caught the second one home run. I was in the bullpen because I think I was the third catcher in 1999. But I caught the second grand slam in the bullpen, Tatis Sr. Tatis had two amazing stats going into that week. Number one, he's the
0: only player to ever, as a visitor, hit five home runs in a three-game series at Dodger Stadium. Bonds was the only other guy, like four or something uh, like that? uh, I don't know, but I think he's the only one He passed Bonds, yeah. The other stat that he had was he's the only infielder ever – To start the season with nine errors in his first 15 (laughs) games, which is not going to detract from his price. People want the long ball. But a point I want to make on Tatis, which you made at a barbecue last week with some of our our work buddies. So this new guy comes along with one of our friends, Todd. His name's Chris the Greek. He's wild. He's crazy, right? But as we're explaining to Chris the card game, you said, look, here's the difference. You know Yao Ming, right? And you know Kobe Bryant. He said, do you know Fernando Tatis? This guy lives in America. He said, no.
1: And I said, do you know Yao Ming? He goes,
0: yeah, exactly. So he's been in America for, for a while now. <laughs> but like that proved the point of basketball being the international game and baseball still being
1: a, a, a stateside thrill for Amer- America's yeah. pastime. Yeah, you're right. I mean, I was trying to make an example to him because he, he was like, you know, what are these cards going up Because he knew his soccer players. He has soccer cards. Mm-hmm. So I was trying to pick his brain what guys to buy, this guy to buy. Um, and he gave us a couple guys here and there. So then I asked him, like, you know who Fernando Tatis I'm like, no. And I'm like, well, you know Yao Ming? He goes, well, of course. You know, so yeah. it, it is. It's pretty true how the, it's so global and why basketball is taken off to another level, man. I mean, when you look on, on some sites and look on stuff and what stuff is worth and so many different cards, so many different inserts, so many patches, you just want to buy them all.
0: <laughs> now we're gonna put up our Acunas on the extra points social media. Although you won pretty convincingly, I mean your horse was pulling away from mine in terms of the Larry Bird, okay, auto Bird. versus my very sharp top skull Derek Jeter. And I can't blame him. If it was me as a fan, I think I, I could not vote for you're, Larry you're Legend. From
1: Indi- you're from Indiana too. Here's my thing: the Birds, the Magics, and the Jordans. I'm telling you again, keep buying them. Right now, they're just you can't find them, and they're going for ridiculous prices. Um, I just think when that documentary comes out, I think that's going to vintage basketball is going to get a boost. Vintage baseball is going to mm-hmm. get a boost because of the Hall of Fame. Willie Mays is also uh, uh, going to be uh, honored. His cards are are going now. Like there's so many different guys. Like we saw Larry. I saw a PSA 10 Larry Walker uh, leaf close for 175 yesterday or 170 or something like that. So I mean. He's going in the Hall of Fame, like you saying. There's just so much happening. Especially the basketball ones, like you said.
0: Jordan, Bird, and Magic. Let's just stick with Jordan. Jordan hits way better than a savings account. Because, you know, <laughs> savings account, what? Well, you're talking 1% or 2% appreciation? And this is something that, for decades, people were, hey, I'll put my money in a safe spot. I'll take my 1% or 2%. So, you know, at, at the minimum, you know, 5 or 10 or even, you know, y- your yield on the right card for a Jordan is going to be way better than a savings
1: account over the next 10 years. It's the truth. I mean, Michael Jordan is known. If you went to any, any tips of the world, people know who Michael Jordan is. I mean, that's just the bottom line. They might not know, you know, Zion Williamson. They might now, I mean, because the way the sport has gone global through Twitter, Instagram and all that. Um, but yeah, Michael Jordan's going to be a stalwart. I mean, tch. So the day forever, I mean, and, and you can see now Kobe, um, after his tragic death, has become an unbelievable sorrow you know? All right, so
0: in review, June 1st, they're going to make the decision here on the Nationals in Chicago. They have to get to stage five and on stage four right now for large gatherings. I'm very hopeful with what we saw with the huge crowd at the UFC yeah. and everybody planning this trip. But June 1st, they're going to figure out if the Nationals in the summer still go. We're going to put our Acunas on Twitter and, and
1: look for a card show near you. There's a card, another card mm-hmm. show here, and it's Derby. That does not happen here. It's <laughs> Derby weekend, and then a couple of people were like, "Wait a second, I'm not going." But there's another big show in Richmond, um, Kentucky. So start looking around wherever you're at. Shows are starting to pop back up, um, and make make sure you wear your, your your face coverings. We wore them when we were there, and it was a, a pleasant experience. It really was. By the way, when we walked into the right, a guy had. $25,000, thirty thousand dollars worth of hobby boxes mm-hmm. he had some crazy hobby boxes. I wanted to like that would be a dream to just pop all those boxes should we give some derby thoughts here on wrap
0: sure I'll get mine real quick we got a tough gray favorite to beat this year yeah in a central quality he's never lost he's got the hottest rider he's going for the hottest trainer who by the way grew up in Louisville there's never been a Louisville native win the Derby Brad Cox and you know he He checks so many boxes with his class. So essential quality, I mean, going to be very tough to beat. And then I've got Midnight Bourbon as a horse that is training very well. He likes to be up front forward in the race. Some of the pace setters have come out of the race, so he might get a little bit more of a relaxed tempo. And his jockey, his new jockey, Mike Smith, has won two derbies. So essential quality, going to be very tough to beat. And I think Midnight Bourbon might come along for the ride.
1: Well, I think essential quality is the horse speed. I'm with you. Um, The worry that I have with Brad is Brad's amazing trainer, um, but he's from his hometown. And sometimes when you go back to your hometown, it's really tough. There's a trainer called Chad Brown, who's an amazing trainer, and he's from Mechanicville. Uh, Mechanicville is very close to Saratoga Racetrack, and his dream is to always win the Travers. And it seems like he's had the favorite, the favorite, and I think he's put too much pressure on himself So that's my one worry with essential quality. But I think essential quality will run first, second, or third. His his resume is too good. His running style is going to be perfect for this race. There's a lot of speed. But I like known agenda. I was able to see known agenda at Tampa. He was all over the place. He was very green. I remember when he came back, John Velasquez, um, at the time, his jockey uh, had said, like, this horse is a mess. He's he's a nut job. He doesn't know what he's doing. He's looking around. So the next start, they put blinkers on him. He won by nine lengths. Came back and he won the Florida Derby. Still a little green, lugging out a little bit, and he's got Irad Ortiz Jr. on him. And to put that into perspective, that'd be Ronald Acuna times two right now. He's <laughs> he is the best jockey in the world, and he's having probably one of the best years that I've seen from a from a an on like from a look at ongoers perspective. I've never seen a jockey this hot in my life. So I just think it's his time. And I think he's got the right horse. And he's got a guy in Todd Pletcher who's won two derbies, the trainer. Speaking of
0: Ronald Lacuna, check out our pickups of the week on the Extra Points social media. And we'll be talking to you again for an Instagram Live this weekend and a little, uh, little derby bonus there at the end. We hope you enjoyed it. And until next time, may all your rookie cards be gems.